this episode we're going to talk about Bell's palsy. So what is it? Uh, it's characterized by acute onset of unilateral lower motor neuron weakness of the facial nerve in the absence of an identifiable cause. The annual incidence is about 40 per 100,000, lifetime risk of 1 in 60. Most cases resolve spontaneously. 71% of patients notice clinical improvement within three weeks of symptom onset and achieve complete recovery within three months. The remainder, 29% of patients, fail to recover completely and continue to have a facial weakness, which has a dramatic effect on patients' appearance, psychological well-being and quality of life. Management of Bell's palsy is aimed at achieving complete recovery or reducing the negative sequelae in cases that fail to resolve. The exact mechanism is unknown, although a viral etiology is suspected. Uh, the, the weakness is thought to result from facial nerve inflammation and edema induced by reactivation of herpes simplex or varicella. In the temporal bone, the facial nerve travels in a narrow canal and swelling of this nerve may result in compression and subsequent damage. The facial nerve, cranial nerve 7, innervates the lacrimal glands, salivary glands, stapedius muscle, taste fibres and general sensory fibres. In addition to facial weakness, patients may report dryness of the eye and mouth, taste disturbance and hyperacusis. Risk factors for Bell's palsy include pregnancy, severe preeclampsia, obesity, hypertension, diabetes, and urtes such as influenza. Diagnosis of Bell's palsy is based on exclusion, so you need to do a thorough history and physical exam and exclude neurologic, otologic, infectious, inflammatory, or neoplastic causes, as well as cere cerebellopontine angle pathology and vascular insufficiency. The history should specifically inquire about the timing and onset of symptoms, with the onset of Bell's palsy being sudden but not stroke-like, and it tends to evolve over minutes to hours. The other causes of facial weakness you need to exclude are stroke, Guillain-Barre, MS, uh, their neurological causes, otological causes such as acute or chronic otitis media, malignant or necrotizing otitis externa, cholesteatoma or schwannoma. Infectious causes of facial weakness include herpes zoster, mumps, rubella and EBV. Inflammatory causes of facial weakness include sarcoidosis. Neoplastic causes of facial weakness include cerebral tumour, cutaneous cancer of the face and neck, prototumour, metastatic tumour and lymphoma. Idiopathic Causes of facial weakness include Bell's palsy. Traumatic causes of facial weakness include temporal bone fracture and surgical intervention with subsequent damage to the facial nerve. So in terms of these sinister causes, they can also evolve at the same rapid rate. Um, if you have a gradual progression, it often indicates infectious or neoplastic cause. Um, underlying medical problems such as previous stroke, brain tumour, cutaneous cancers of the face and neck, parotid, head or facial trauma or infection should also be considered. If you had symptoms of diplopia, dysphagia, numbness of the face or dizziness, 
they're not suggestive of Bell's palsy and the red flag symptoms suggestive other diagnosis. So that's a good one. Symptoms of diplopia, dysphagia, genuine numbness of the face or dizziness are not typical of Bell's palsy and they're red flags. In terms of physical exam, you should begin with careful inspection of the ear canal and TM, uh, looking for Ramsey Hunt, look at the head and neck for cutaneous cancers and masses, assess the cranial nerves, uh, and then you can use something called the House Brackman Grading Scale for assessing dynamic facial nerve function. Uh, if you have sparing in the forehead, that may suggest a cranial pathology such as stroke or more peripheral lesion affecting only a single branch of the nerve. Uh, the House Brackman grading scale is from 1 through to 6. So 1 is normal facial function, 6 is no facial movement. Um, and let's talk about 5. 5 is severe dysfunction, and that's barely perceptible movement, asymmetry at rest, no forehead movement, incomplete eye closure, and slight mouth movement. So it's worth having a look at the House Brackman grading scale. So you made a diagnosis of Bell's palsy. Uh, the mainstay of treatment is with corticosteroids. That's been supported by a number of well-designed, randomized controlled trials. Uh, it reduces the rate of dysfunction at six months from 33% to 23%. Um, it's recommended to have a 10-day course of oral steroids with at least five days at a high dose. Pred 50 megs daily for 10 days or Pred 60 daily for five days and then tapered. Uh, and they should be initiated within 72 hours of symptom onset with the benefit after 72 hours less clear. Uh, there's no evidence to suggest that antiviral therapy is effective for Bell's palsy. Patients with incomplete eye closure are at risk of foreign body deposition, exposure keratitis, corneal ulceration and eventual loss of vision, so eye protective measures are imperative. And they include wearing sunglasses when outdoors, lubricating eye drops and taping the eyelids shut when sleeping. Patients should be counselled to report symptoms of eye irritation, pain or changes in vision. Uh, there's no evidence for acupuncture, physical therapy or electrotherapy. Patients should be referred if people have new or worsening neurological signs, facial diaplegia, ocular symptoms or complications, or incomplete facial nerve recovery three months after symptom onset, and they should be referred to a neurologist or otolaryngologist, laryngologist, ENT. MRI can look for neoplasms along the course of the facial nerve and can look at the brainstem cerebellopontine angle interfaces between bone and soft tissues and parotid gland. Uh, if you've got red flags but the MRI is negative, you might want to repeat it three months later. Uh, and CT is better suited for evaluating the intratemporal segment of the nerve. Uh, from a psychological point of view, patients with facial dysfunction suffer depression and reduced quality of life and should be referred for support and counselling. There's also reconstructive procedures available to improve the appearance and function of the face.